Hey, what do we have three left? Uh, three days left for RPG. Oh, it's the RGB. <laughs> the RGB bundle. That's the maps red, maps green, maps black. Nine months of exercise programming. Final three days to get your free shirts. Red, green, and black. You get three shirts, one for each program. You get the maps red shirt, you get the maps green shirt, and the maps black shirt. And you can guess what color the maps uh, is in each of those. Want to take Nine guess? months of personal training. Nine months of exercise programming available at mindpumpmedia.com. Get Mix your free it shirts. together and maybe brown. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. All the cool kids do some fucked up shit. You know, Whoa. Under the hood. <laughs> you got I don't little, know any of the words. I like when you take your voice and then you make it sound like Pearl Jam. <laughs> that was Pearl Jam? That was Pearl, you know what I, you know oh, what I, I mean? Pearl Jam like, this morning. Nah, nah, yeah, and then yeah. you go, hur, hur, you kind of, yeah, there it is. So uh, it sounded like uh, Creed to me. You know what's it? Yeah, that was, that was like the half. That was Creed-ish. half-ass version of Vetter. You know what's a little awkward? What? Uh, when you're in the in a public bathroom, and you're pooping, or you're about to poop, and then some dude right. goes in the stall next to you, and he's about to start pooping. Oh, now. In, in pooping makes noise. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not a it's not a silent. You're, try, you're trying to squelch it a little bit. Like you don't want too much. But it's so stupid because like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah. but why? He's pooping too. Yeah. Like why do I got to be quiet? Let's, Blast it. Let's make this happen. Yeah. yeah. And so that just happened to me earlier. Like literally, fit ten minutes ago, I was in there. <laughs> dude comes in. First of all, it's always interesting because you look at their shoes, right? Because right? you're always mm-hmm. like you're judging them and like, how shifty they are. Yeah, you're looking at their shoes. So this guy had flip flops on. So I'm like, I'm looking oh. at. His, I'm like, let's yeah, like look, I can pee all over. Yeah, that. let me see his teeth. Let me look at his toes. <laughs> and then it's like the you know the pooping starts, and because I have a little bit of knowledge of uh, gut health and stuff, I find myself. I Wanted find to myself, ask him? No, <laughs> no. Hey, you want me to take a look at your stool for you, yeah, buddy? Yeah. Hey, hey, can you can you not <laughs> flush? God. Can you not flush? I want to take a look later. No, it's uh the like the sounds and uh, the amount of you know. So you're giving room. So you're giving coaching advice on the other so side. I'm, I'm already. So you thinking you're a little high, too high protein? You know, sir, it's, like it sounds it. like you need a little more fiber in your yeah. diet. It was a little and loose. If it's a little more squeaky. Yeah. yeah maybe. No, no, no. It was there wasn't there wasn't any farting, but it was definitely loose. Like there was too many plops. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I almost I was kind of and I, I caught myself like, why are you judging this guy's? <laughs> yeah. You know, pooping. You're, you're breaking down his actual amount of drops. Yeah, it's so stupid. Sal drops a business card on the other side. But I do find you it. Contact me. But I do find it. You there's, are a there's weird bird. Situations in society that we are embarrassed about, even though the other person is doing is, the same thing. Yeah, like like imagine imagine this. You go to a sex shop. You're by yourself. You're like, I'm gonna buy some sex toys, right? And you run into like a person you know. You're embarrassed, <laughs> like, but they're in there too. Of course, yeah. it's stupid. It's your next door neighbor. Yeah. Hey, and then you start lightsabering together. Yeah. Your parents. Yeah. I th- <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> they got a big horrible. old. They got the big old rubber fist. No, 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 no. I think that would. No. I, I think that would be I the can't only. Put that image in my head. Yeah, I of think a rubber fist. No. Anybody else? I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if I ran into someone else. I'd be like, oh, funny seeing you here. Yeah. Huh, what are you getting? Well, okay. Now, now picture this. First of all, let me ask you guys this question: If you were to go to a sex shop, I'm pretty sure you guys have been. But let's say mm. if you were to go, what would you be buying? How dare you! <laughs> oh, why don't you just ask, what did we buy last? What was the last thing you bought there? Hmm. What was the last thing? Yeah. All right. A video. You for really? Yeah. Who buys videos? Well, 
That's such a bad, such a Bro, stupid investment. No, here's this the is thing. stupid. You can't, you can't just you can't just go on the internet when you're when you're watching it with your yeah, wife. I'm still a DVD. I'm still a DVD. <laughs> it gets really guy. weird. What? Yeah. yeah. So you. So the last thing you went to an actual. Sh- I, I don't sex know if I'm alone for? here, but but most women, uh, like they like it all high production. You know, like they want like the story. There has they to be a story. To, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you can't my, just be like, "Here's porn." Like something I would my girl, look at. My normally. girl would rather see like Cinemax type porn. That's what than, I mean. Than like the like hardcore shit that you. That's like, most. You know? That's like, that shit I like. on my face. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Hello. Wow, you went you went super far with that. Yeah. Uh, no, most women are like that, and that's because that women are aroused by psych- psychological cues, whereas men are yeah. aroused by visual cues. Right. But anyway, so the last time you went, I Justin, like to be romanced a little bit too. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like the Cinemax. Shut. shut Shut up, bro! Get out of here. Yeah. Shut the fuck up right now. Because in God. my in my head, I'm playing. I'm playing in my head. I'm going like, oh, you know. God, if I roll my eyes any harder, I'm gonna go. My eyes will go look at the back of my head. I'm like, are they gonna do it? Maybe they're not going to. Uh, they're yeah. not. <laughs> so Is you're the like, pizza guy gonna yeah, come in? Yeah, here? Yeah, right. Know. The it's anticipation. A, I'm like, oh, this yeah, could get. What's this happening? Could, yeah, yeah. Oh so, God. Where when you mm. when you go when you watch some of that hardcore shit, like as soon as it turns on, it's like heavy pounding. Like, you does know, Stephanie still like him? Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no foreplay. So hold on. So Justin, last time but, you went, it was a video. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Mm, fuzzy handcuffs. Fuzzy handcuffs? Whoa. I think so. Wow. I, think I like awesome. it. Or maybe one of those great uh, choice. Or maybe one of those games where you roll the dice. Oh, the roll of the glow in the dark dice. See, that's yeah. good when you have friends over and stuff. Yeah. What? <laughs> huh? Anyways, dinner at my house Friday. Oh my god, no. <laughs> I, okay. All right. I don't, don't want to go to your parties now. What was yours? Huh? That the big. I re- I just realized something horrible about this conversation. The big sixteen inch freaking. It was going to come back to me eventually. Four inch <laughs> diamond. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you bought there. Yeah. Uh, the the Hitachi wand. There's a thing called the what? Hitachi wand. See, you fuckers are just. I swear to God, that I need, sounds high performance. I need to teach you guys. Shit. Yeah. It is high performance. So in in vibrator land, there's certain vibrators that are just the best. Um, now the rabbit is very popular. We all know what that is. Yeah. But the if you go with just a straight vibrating head, the Hitachi makes the best uh, vibrator, and it's the bit. It's, it looks like the back massager, and it's got the big round head at the front, uh-huh. and you plug it in because the battery ones are just too too weak, and it <laughs> uh, they burn out. Wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you breaking concrete or what? The battery shit's <gasps> way too way, way too. Let's man. just say what it, kind of mode is just, got jackhammer. Let's just it. let's just say it vibrates so fast the click gets into quantum levels. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it it's catches a, on fire. Boom! Turn it out. No, but it's uh, no. That's it. That's it. That's the last thing I got. Damn. Good. I'm glad you guys didn't ask me what I got before that. Is it big? Huh? Is it is it is it big? How big? You never seen a back massager? You know the ones that vibrate. It, it's, it's like, like this. Yeah, it's like this it's big, like, dude. Damn, you never those seen are, that? Those are that's big. quite some machinery. Those are big. Why is it got to be small? It's not big. Like you can handle it, right? <laughs> this, you know what I mean? This it's is like, the guy that was trying to tell us that like big dicks turn you on. No, no, right? no, huh, bro. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. science. He was trying to sell that to us. No, it's yeah. science. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's called yeah, sperm yeah. competitions. Well, I got you. Since got then, you. I've been the looking at a lot of big naked dicks. I haven't been turned on by. It did not give me any. I don't know how I feel about that. I know. No. I told Katrina, like, you know, we're going to watch Big Dicks for a night. I'm going to see if this works. <laughs> I don't know. Sal no. told me that yeah, this Sal is the answer. Says here. it's science, yeah. hon. Yeah. Says it's science. It it's, is, fool. Yeah. I guarantee you, you're not watching porn of guys with small dicks having sex with women. No, 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 you're said, watching porn of guys with big dicks having sex with women. Switch it to vaginas, please. Yes. Uh, boobies. Just, just scissoring. Yeah. What nothing, we got, what? nothing else? Yeah. Mm. <gasps> is it? What the? Shh. Ankle has landed. Come
being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Comic Fitness is asking about his knees. One of them gives out when he squats. There's no pain. Is it an imbalance or an injury? So I've actually had... uh, Well, he would know if it was an injury, I would think. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. so here's the thing. This is interesting now because this is what I'm reading into this uh, this particular question. I've had a few clients with similar situation, and the, the, the wording he's using is gives out. Mm. Where like while he's in like squat ligament, like too much range of motion, or it just loses power. It sounds ah. to me like oh the knee gives out. You ever have someone say that to you like yeah. oh I, I'm uh, walking? I Normally see. when someone that gets all wobbly and lose yeah that, right you like they lose stability and yeah. it become it goes from stable like to a unstable. Neuro- neurological issue. I don't think it's that. I think there may be an old injury there. Here's the thing: if you tear your meniscus. Or if you have, uh, and I doubt it's a torn ACL or, or PCL or anything like that. But if it's a, if you have a tear in your meniscus, sometimes the meniscus itself can get uh, in between the joint in a way that causes the the knee to feel like it gives out. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of a previous injury that you know he, he, everything healed in, some, in terms of inflammation and stuff, but that particular connective tissue didn't fully you know heal, and so now he's feeling. That the knee um, gives out because that's the word he used. It gives out. It's not like it just feels weaker. It just it goes out. You know, it goes out. So here's what I'll say to that. Besides, uh, you know, having to get it looked at by a doctor, um, and if it doesn't, and you can, there's knee tests you can do. You can test your ACL, PCL. You can test your meniscus. Uh, one one easy test on the for the meniscus is uh, lay on your back, have somebody hold your foot with your leg straight, um, and be totally relaxed, and then have them twist your foot to the right and to the left um, uh, until you tell them to stop and see if you notice any pain or instability in the knee. And that could kind of give you a clue as to whether or not your meniscus might have some issues. But uh, the the fix is the same regardless. Um, it would be to make your hips stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, strengthen your hips in all directions, but especially laterally um, <coughs> because I've noticed that in uh, or lack of lateral stability tends to make the knee feel, especially if there's an issue with the ligaments of the knee, feel like it's given out, you know, because because a barbell squat is a very kind of straightforward movement. And if at the bottom of the movement, his knees come out a little bit or come in a little bit, which is common with, with most people, it doesn't have to happen a lot, but let's say it comes in and comes out a little bit, it'll add uh, pressure to some of those stabilizing ligaments. And if there's one that's not as strong, it's going to feel like it gives out. And so the way to remedy that um, would be to strengthen the lateral stability or the you know the even work on the rotational ability of the of the hips would be my my best my best guess well so there's a it could be something else too right so i've seen this before where uh let's say you um you know you tore your acl mcl you had some sort of like knee injury it doesn't even have to be a knee it could just been somewhere in your leg on your you know the side that uh is giving out right and so for a long time, you've crutched that side and you've now overcompensated on the opposite side. So you have like this really dominant. Let's, so let's just say I had the, the right knee is bad or the right leg is bad. And then I, I overcompensate to the left side. So now my left side becomes really dominant. And so then when I go to do like a squat, you know, that left side has taken over for such a long time. So now when I am healed, I'm better and I'm starting to exercise again and I'm, I'm starting to increase weight. 
that dominant side, you know, when that when that weight is is squat, when you're squatting down that weight, that right side gets wobbly because it's weak. Because mm-hmm. it's weak, because it's it's underdeveloped and compared connection. Yeah, and it's and so this I actually would tell somebody like this to do a lot of unilateral movements. So I would do like single leg leg presses and mm-hmm. and do a lot of single leg type movements to to help strengthen that and then catch it back up. And if you if that is the case, could be yeah like a stability issue, like yeah, something that yeah could you're, be sti- you're not responding like the way it used to. Not just the strength issue, but it's also not like properly stabilized. Yeah, like a so a single leg toe touch. Yeah, you know, and always starting with the weaker side first. So, mm-hmm. um, I would do I would do movements like that. So then you think probably the he's asking injury or imbalance. He probably had an injury that healed. And uh, I mean, this is just a guess, obviously, but uh, if he's not feeling pain, that's my that, you would feel a pain if it was still injured or torn or something like that. You'd be able to notice like some kind of feedback from that. Exactly. Um, otherwise, like it, it from at this point, I feel like it's 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 definitely seems like it would be a corrective issue. And, and this is like you, this is more common than you would think with. And this is a, this is my um, pet peeve with uh, physical therapist. Um, I had an, I, I tore my ACL and MCL and I had a, a, a I don't want to say a bad experience, but I was disappointed. It was both. I did. ACL and MCL? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. The I ACL, about that. it was a partial tear on the ACL, MCL I severed. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I, when I went through physical therapy, uh, <laughs> you laughing at He's just making face at right. me. Continue, Adam. <laughs> Fucking guy. Sorry. <laughs> I was giving them the, blah. When I, when I went through physical therapy, I was really disappointed in uh, the way it was ran. I, I couldn't believe that you know I'm rehabbing uh, this knee and I'm in a I'm in a setting which is very common with a physical therapist office where there's five people that are you know on everyone's at different stations and there's timers and it's like okay you do ball squats you're doing uh you know ankle weighted leg extensions and you're doing single leg bounce the ball up what so he's got they've got like five or six people that are moving and they're on these stations and they're all doing rehab work. And this, and it's only managed by one or two people. And I'm thinking to myself, they put me in fact, I remember being on like ball squats, you know, so I got the wall, the ball behind my back and I'm squatting up and down, you know, and, um, and for me, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be really concentrating on coming down controlled and evenly distributing my weight. But that takes all a lot. gaining depth and all that. Yes, yeah, yes. It's just there to support like a little bit more, you know, from from your posterior. And there's and the problem is that's really challenging because I just had an injury there. So yeah. it, naturally, you have an asymmetrical shift away from it, and you you start to you know overcompensate on the other side. Well, because I'm a trainer, I know what the fuck I'm doing, and I'm not doing that. But I thought wow, she just set me on here. She doesn't know that, you know, she walks away. And if I were to just keep going up and down on the squatting, I'm going to just, well, see, uh, I'm going to just make this deviation even worse. Sure. Right. I'll be able to walk again and they'll, they'll get physical therapy will get me out, check me out of physical therapy. But so they, I, they weren't identifying the bad recruitment pattern. They were yes. more just like identifying where the injury was and what kind of movements in general well, here's would help the, provide. Here's the thing. I want to give them strength. some credit because physical therapists, can do that and they're trained to of do course that. here's the problem the problem is she has or he has six people in a room yeah insurance companies tell them what they can and can't do and they have to get you in and get you out and that's just the the nature of the the, the way it's constructed um there your, your insurance covers your therapy up to bringing back range of motion mm-hmm. it does not cover you up to getting you back to where you were before so you could have an injury go in there 
bring back range of motion, but you're still weak as hell. Um, and, or imbalanced. Like, or that's what I mean. And then they'll kid, they'll set you off, and you're on on your own. I have had more than uh, a dozen clients sent to me from doctors because I train a lot of doctors, and the doctors will send them to me over physical therapists for that particular reason because they'll go to the therapist, get their range of motion, and then never go back to where they were before. And of course, that just sets you up for. All kinds of problems later on. Like, um, you know, what you're talking about, Adam, is, is uh, I'm glad you brought that up because the intent of what you're doing when you're doing the exercise is just as important as the exercise. 100%. If you just do Shit, this, it's almost more. Yeah. If you just do the exercise, that's fine. But if you do the exercise, understanding that you need to balance your, your weight, understanding that you need to not shift to one side, understanding that you need to do it under control and stability and focus on that. Um, if you don't do any of that, you're not going to get much out of the out of the movement. Mm-hmm. Intent is very very important when it comes to exercise. So, with this particular individual with his knee, um, number one, I would like I said work on hips. Definitely work on hips. The hips are what make the knee stable. That's the bottom line. If I want to say that again, you want stable knees and strong knees. You need uh, have good range of motion with your hips. You need to have good stability within the hips in multiple directions, good flexibility and mobility within the hips. Um, and then uh, I would also do some unilateral exercises, like do some – here's a good easy one. Sit down on a bench and try to stand up with that with one, that leg. one leg. Yeah. yeah, Very easy. Yeah. Or, or if that's too hard for you, sit down with just that one leg. So rather than doing the positive, just try mm-hmm. and lower yourself on the bench with that one leg mm-hmm. um, and maybe hold on to something for balance and help, and that will right. help strengthen that leg up. Zen, 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 zen. What are your thoughts on distilled water? Everything's zen. <laughs> waste. Distilled water. It's a waste. Is actually. I'll go this far. I'll go. Hmm. I'll even go as far as to say. Let's take all the minerals out. Dangerous. Don't drink distilled yeah, water. Here, here's what distilled water does. Distilled water pulls shit out of your body. Oh, uh, it's like it, a vampire. Because your body tries to balance itself out, and so drinking lots of distilled water especially over long periods of times, will and can cause uh, mineral deficiencies. It's a stupid idea that the bodybuilding world is perpetuating. Yeah, because they were trying to avoid why, all sodium. Why do they even promote, oh, sodium. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yes. But like like as if the sodium in mineral like, water is, is fucking so high yeah. that they have to. Well, it's uh, now the water, you won't hold on to it. It goes right through you. It's like yeah. you didn't even. Not always it go through you, you. It pulls all other shit out yeah, of you. Yeah. If you ever drank distilled water, it's like you didn't even, you drink a half gallon. It doesn't feel like you drink anything. It just goes right through because there's no value to it. Yeah. Um, it's and, a, you know, uh, distilled water becomes acidic uh, because it, it it attracts carbon monoxide. When yeah. you expose it to air and then drink it, you're it's not a good idea. It's in not fact, healthy. It's no. not smart. And the only reason why anybody would take it or think that it's a good idea is the bodybuilding community. It, right. it serves no purpose for anybody else. It's yeah. it's re- really ridiculous. But it's still even ridiculous for them because I, I don't know how many times I'm going to stress this that your sixty percent of your fucking muscles are water. Yeah. And if you're going to get on stage and present yourself, you want water in you. And the bodybuilding community has told everybody, oh, you want to be dry, dry as a bone, and you want to take all the water out. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't want to take all the water out. You mm-hmm. want to keep water in your muscle. You, subcutaneous, yes. You don't want a bunch of extra water you want to hold, but you don't want to take it all out. Your body, you want that inside your muscle belly so you're filled out. Well, there, there's there's lots of evidence that people who tend to drink distilled water will almost always uh, test with multiple mineral deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Like You don't want a mineral deficiency. You don't want any kind of a vitamin uh, or mineral deficiency, but mineral deficiencies, yeah. they can really affect your central nervous system. They can cause things like, like magnesium deficiency. Relatively, uh, 
I won't, I don't want to say common, but more common than you would think, especially amongst athletes. And they cause everything from anxiety, hormone disruptions, you know, uh, issues and disruptances. Um, they can cause uh, depression, uh, reductions of in cognition and IQ. Um, so there's a lot of people out there, and this has actually been documented, who have horrible issues with things like anxiety and paranoia and OCD, and they'll supplement with magnesium and poof, goes away. Mm. Uh, drinking distilled water is just, I can't think of any good way, reason to use it, except for, and only doing this under the care of a, of a good naturopath, potentially drawing out particular toxins well, in the look, body. I, I mean, it's kind of weird and kind of... Uh uh, yoga slash hippie or whatever. But I, if you think about like the body is like an uh, electrical conducting, you know, moving object, you know, like you're taking out a lot of the minerals that interact with the water. You need, uh, you need those minerals for, you know, proper signals to travel. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's actually a core. There's also a correlation it hasn't been connected, but there's a correlation between the consumption of soft water which is, uh, you know, soft water has very, very little uh, minerals in it. Distilled water being the softest. And that soft water just means like if you have a water softener, it's designed to remove uh, minerals out of your water because people don't like, you know, water spots on their shower or they like that their, their, their soap lathers better, you know, when they use soft water. And it's fine to, to bathe with it. But nonetheless, there is a correlation with the consumption of soft water and increased incidence of cardiovascular disease. We also know that mineral deficiencies, even mild mineral deficiencies, uh, is linked to cardiovascular disease. So uh, I don't, I, I see zero reason to ever drink distilled water unless you want to be an idiot. If you want to be an idiot, I think you should purchase <laughs> well, you distilled know what? water. This is America. It. Yeah, you know what I mean, you can it's got to be whatever a, you want. I mean, I, I didn't look at the person who who posts this, but it's got to be a bodybuilding type question. It's the only reason why I would even <laughs> even consider doing because it's popular. Actually, you see, yeah, I've never even thought. Oh of doing god, that. dude! I, I don't know how many guys I was competing next to, and they're like, "Oh yeah, my coach has got me on all distilled water for the next week." I'm like, god. yeah, that's pretty fucking smart. God, among I don't all know and I don't feel good. I don't know what's worse that he fucking told you to do that. Or you fucking listened, you know. Like, well, I'm I, looking did at you their... Google that before you just started doing it, or you just started doing it. No, it's not a bodybuilder. It's not a bodybuilder at all. It's actually it looks like a, a wellness type person. So really, yeah, wow. well, yeah. But I mean, dude, or maybe they know that. Just want to hear us talk shit about it. Maybe yeah. I, I, you <laughs> know because they're a wellness person. They're like they know it's stupid. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> I saw somebody doing this. I yeah. tell you what, yeah. I'll let my roast talk. them. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, bodybuilding has brought some great things to to fitness. It's what brought resistance training to the masses, but it's brought some stupid <laughs> shit. And I am. I'm always shocked at how much stupid shit from bodybuilding permeates like regular society. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just one of those well, fucking we things. All, we all look up to them. They're the ones in the covers yeah. of our magazines. And and I'm, I'm going to tell it. you this right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm sure I'm going to piss a lot of people off, but probably the last person in the fitness industry you should really listen to when it comes to things like diet, nutrition, and maybe even training is bodybuilders. I hate to say it. Oh, bodybuilders God, will give you horrible shitty advice that's in one year and out the other dude no ain't nobody listening to that you know no. why because they all look the best bro it's yeah. so hard to tell someone that when they when it's like fuck you how are you gonna tell me like that this that i'm not they, gonna listen to this guy they when, make them their champions you yes, know they're gods they're yeah, these people right? that they're like yeah, i'm in the gym to look like that guy mm-hmm. well and it, it, anytime it, even when i've gotten into like social media debates or where i'm talking and talking something like that it's just like well you look at him it's obviously working. <laughs> Fuck. Look yeah. at this. This is working. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so dumb. Lower yeah. bicep. It's I'm a, working. I'm going to take a picture of, of uh, Justin's calves and be like, look, not working out your calves works. Uh, yeah, right. All day. <laughs> Fuck. Don't do anything. <laughs> 
Ethan Hale 33, what are your opinions on unconventional training, such as kettlebells and ending clubs? And what's the most effective and how to incorporate them into your program? Oh, Justin. Every yeah, time, I Justin love this pick, question. Yeah. Every, time I, every time I hear the word Indian clubs, I just think of like nightclubs. Yeah. You know, like discotecas. Yeah. No, I'm surprised that he actually brought up Indian clubs. I still feel like it's one of those uh, tools that not a lot of people have been exposed to before. No, not at all. And um, it's... Get, they're going to get bigger. They're getting bigger. Well, just the fact that on it talks about them, right? Yeah, I mean that's true, and it's it's such a. I guess it's even more of a skill than uh, even kettlebells. You know, I might piss off kettlebell people, but um, fuck you, Indian clubs are way harder. You know way what I mean? Technical. Lots way lot more, more technical, a lot more coordination involved, and so you know, people look at that right away and are like, "Oh, I can't do that." And, you know, there's a process to it and there's, there's a way that, you know, you learn how to handle them properly. You learn, you know, how to get proper mobility out of your wrists, your elbows, your shoulders, like all these things in rotation, you start to figure out, wow, my body's capable of a lot more movement than I even have ever done before. And it's, it's tools like this that kind of provide that because it, it directs a lot of the momentum and, and the movement in a direction that, you know, your joints just have to sort of flow into that position with. So um, I love it because it also adds in that that resistance to uh, get that tensile kind of strength uh, element in there with. So it becomes more mo- mobility and not just like I'm swinging with momentum. So I would, you know, my opinion on unconventional training uh, has shifted uh, over the last year. Um, one of the things I love about this podcast is it has accelerated my evolution um, as a trainer or as a fitness professional quite a bit. I think each one of us could say that. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, I've always been very open. Uh, I've always had great respect for unconventional training. I always saw benefit to it. But uh, as I've worked with uh, Justin um, and Adam and watched, you know, Justin, I would say, is definitely the expert amongst the three of us in unconventional training. But watching uh, Adam in- incorporate some of it and incorporating some more of it myself... He kind of makes it more relatable, I think. Well, it's just it's just when you start to see someone else do it and then you start to do it and then mm-hmm. you start to see what it does to you, I don't care who you are. Um, as a trainer, one of the best things you could do to make yourself a better trainer is to try different things. Even if you don't like it, eventually, you can talk about it better and you understand it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, it's something that I always constantly have to remind myself of. But you know, having incorporating some of this in con- in con- unconventional training into my my arsenal, I've noticed uh, tremendous carryover to my favorite parts of lifting, which mm-hmm. are the barbell movements. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give you a great example. Um, I I've done kettlebell just and I'm, this is a very basic uh, example. I've done kettlebell shoulder presses in the past, but I've never made them a regular part of my uh, routine. If I worked out my shoulders, it was with dumbbells and barbells, and then maybe I'd throw in some some kettlebell stuff once or twice a month at most. As with any kind of training, the best results you're going to get out of it, or you're, or or the the, the the things you're going to squeeze out of it are going to happen with practice and frequency, mm-hmm. anything you do. So if you really want to get the most out of unconventional training, you should do it relatively frequently and incorporate it into your regular routine. And so I had been incorporating kettlebell shoulder presses as my shoulder press of, uh, of choice on a pretty consistent basis. And then more recently, I've been incorporating kettlebell holds. I had a conversation with Justin mm-hmm. uh, about three mm-hmm. weeks ago. And he actually brought it up on one of our episodes about how he loves doing kettlebell holds while he'll like 
press the kettlebell up straight, stay strong and straight, and, and hold it for a minute, or walk with it, or keep it to his chest um, and walk with it. And so I started doing those, and two things I noticed. One, I got sore um, differently than I normally do. Um, and that doesn't necessarily tell me it's a good thing. It just tells me something different happened. But number two, when I went back to trying my overhead presses with barbells and dumbbells, I was much stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I got stronger faster than had I not done those movements. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it does It does a lot of different things for you. So if you're, if you're just like barbells and dumbbells and that's your thing, um, I, uh, I highly suggest you incorporate unconventional training because you will notice better gains mm-hmm. um, in building muscle and better gains in your barbell and dumbbell lifts. And the best way that I've found to incorporate these into a program is to literally incorporate them into your regular program. So you don't necessarily do like, okay, one day a week I'm doing unconventional training. No, at the end or beginning of your workout, add two or three of these movements. Mm-hmm. So if today's my full body workout and I'm, you know, in between in the middle of my workout, I'm, I'm working out my shoulders. I am doing, instead of doing my traditional dumbbell and barbell stuff, I'm going to do three, you know, unconventional movements that I know tend to stress my delts a little bit, or maybe at the end of my workout, I'm going to incorporate uh, sled pulls or sled pushes, or maybe like I did yesterday, you know, yesterday I did a superset. And, and so my normal superset on Mondays uh, will be, sissy squats to front squats what i did instead was is i pushed and pulled the sled straight to front front squats and so incorporating things in that way i think will will make it more likely for you to be consistent in your routine and then you can really see mm-hmm. the carryover but I, I i think everybody i don't care what kind of training you're doing you should incorporate some of this stuff i don't know adam how do you how have you been in doing your how have you added this stuff into your training oh i Every day I probably have something that's unconventional, whether it be a kettlebell, whether it be a sled. But do you do it like at the beginning, at the end, or do you do it like as part of the like the middle of the routine where you you throw it in? Honestly, it really depends. It, it I mean, it's always it all it's always something different, you know. I'm all and I like that. I like playing with uh, you know, like you did the other day. I've done that before, you know, where I've pushed the sled, then I've gone over to front squats before. Or I, I did a post a while back of uh, you know, we did a demo on uh, doing a sled pool where I drop down at 90 degrees and I'd walk it back almost like gone like a leg extension like a leg extension and so instead of like so I squatted for you know 45 minutes and then at the end I drug the sled like that and just had this massive pump from it so there's I'm always pulling I'm doing different things uh, I love kettlebell work um, a lot of my kettlebell stuff if I do kettlebell especially shoulder stuff I like to do that first I, I feel like it really helps uh, loosen me up and mobilize my shoulder before I go do like a barbell movement. So if I were going to do kettlebells for shoulders, I would do those first um, because I feel like, like I said, it helps me mm-hmm. versus the other way around versus going to a you know barbell press and then doing kettlebells. Mm-hmm. I feel it's more beneficial for me to do that first. See, that's what I mean by integrating. That's exactly what I've been yeah. doing, and I've noticed yeah. the best results that way. Yeah, so that's kind of how I, I use things like that. But I, I you know. I mean, even like I did a lateral uh, lateral raise with uh, kettlebells the other day, and just just the handle of holding that is different than holding the barbell. I liked the way mm-hmm. it felt on my shoulder, um, but and that wasn't like b- before or after anything. It was just in the middle of my workout. I'm always doing something. I love the sled. I love the sled probably more than anything. I'm, I'm training legs at least three, four times a week. Uh, so 
you know, mixing that up. A lot of times what I'll do, like, let's say it's, uh, you know, the second or third time I'm coming in to do legs and I got them pretty good. Maybe I did heavy the other day. Uh, that might be a day where I, all I do is different sled pushes and pulls, you know, and just working on full range of motion. Sometimes I'll, I'll push the sled and I'll, and I'll do it in, in an unconventional way too, where I'm not just pushing it straight. I'm taking large steps out to the left and to the right and just trying to open my hips up and taking mm-hmm. it through full range of motion. I love those things because to me, they, they carry over into real life more than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's been more times in my life where I'd had to like push something or create leverage like that and stride off than, than I have done most of our exercises. That yeah. We do. I think that's the, I mean, you hit on kind of a point that uh, brought me out of like the gold's gym and the, you know, the, the more commercial kind of setting where, I'm not only doing barbell lifts, but I'm also, you know, incorporating machines. I just, I found that like, uh, once I, once I got outside of that and I was incorporating these unconventional lifts on top of my barbell lifts, Mm -hmm. it just, it added a new dimension to where like my movement, it helped, you know, aid in my movement. So Adam's talking about going like a little bit wider and all that. Like you could get. It, it, there's a lot more freedom to it, it as opposed to being uh, structured. So everything is in the sagittal plane or everything's in, you know, the frontal plane or, you know, like if you, if you do more of these unconventional exercises, it really places you in multi-plane uh, and you have to be able to react and respond and, and stabilize the weight properly through all these different movements. Well, see, here's what trips me out. Uh, what trips me out. And I know that a lot of the listeners can relate to what I'm about to say, because, a lot of our listeners hear that, hear the multiplanar, hear the functionality, hear about the mobility. And a lot of them are like, mm, you know, I really don't care. Like, I, I have a desk job. Right. I just like to look, just good. look good. And and Hang maybe out. and maybe I just want to get strong in a deadlift squat and a bench press. Mm-hmm. So I really it's so it's not that big of a deal to me. So I'm not gonna spend time doing it. Well, here's what you need to understand. Incorporating and integrating that now this doesn't mean that you need to go do a whole like you know, five week course of just this kind of training or whole workouts dedicated to them. I mean, that would be awesome, but you don't have to. My, my point is you can integrate them into your workout, throw one or two of them in into your routine, and you're going to see better visible results. Like your body's going to look better. You're actually going to build more muscle. And those, those traditional lifts, you may very well increase them like I have. Oh, like you're going to optimize those lifts. There's right. no way you can't. It, it fills a lot of those gaps as far as being supported from different angles that you weren't as supported with. So it makes you feel stronger. Well, here's one of my favorites. Here's a great one um, that I've that I've done a couple times now. You done I, uh, shit in your pants there, buddy? Uh, my bladder is like this big, dude. <laughs> you had to leave and go pee? Well, you know, I forgot that, you know, we're, this is a different time for us and I drank a gallon. <laughs> You're on a different schedule. Yeah, I, I am on a different pee <laughs> schedule. Listen, right Adam, now. listen, Adam. It's uh, unacceptable. Yeah. Next time uh, you fucking pee, interrupt me. Next time well, you fucking piss your pants. I tried to leave when, when we we got to the uh, when Doug was going to go to the uh, jujitsu. I didn't know you were going to continue on. Uh, with it. Yeah. Well, I was what I, was, I had nothing to fucking add to that. <laughs> well, so here's, so I was he, like, I could definitely pee during that question. Well, uh, see, here's, here's what interesting. What's interesting? You left the room to go pee. Me and Justin <laughs> continued without a, without a hitch. not even a hitch. Then you came yeah. in and interrupted uh, the an, the question. Yeah, so because you had to announce that Justin said that I Justin said that I wouldn't even the audience would they wouldn't even have known I was gone. I fucked you up, Sorry. No, what I was going to say, fuck you, Justin. What I was going to say is one of my favorite combos check this out one of my favorite favorite combos and you can do this any, any way is to do an explosive sled movement like a, a high pull 
So I do that down the track. I don't get super fatigued, but I feel that explosive pull. Then it goes straight to a heavy single and a deadlift. Oh, shit. I love that. I love it. So for me, like... Like, let's say my max is, I don't know, 560 on the deadlift uh, or 540 or 550 or whatever, right in that range. I'll load the bar with 500. So I know I could do a single with it. It'll be heavy, but I could do it. That'll be my single. And I'll take the sled and I'll just go maybe one length down the track, do high pulls, get real explosive. Then I'll, I won't run to the deadlift. And my, my goal, I'm not trying to run, like fatigue the shit out of myself. I'm just getting those muscles to fire quickly with something unconventional. Mm-hmm. Go to the deadlift, do a heavy single, put it down rest and repeat and let me tell you that right there i've done that a couple times now and i've noticed uh more connection to the barbell and then when i when i go to just a traditional just straight barbell deadlift i feel like i can pull faster off the ground Mm. um now you can do it the flip you could do a real heavy single and then do the high pulls with the uh with the the sled and in that case i am working to fatigue with the sled so then i am going until i get real tired then i get a full rest and then i repeat i like that i've done the i've done uh the single arm kettlebell snatch right before the deadlift like that so do a heavy exactly single arm snatch exactly like three reps that's it and then go pull yeah sparks are real like 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 almost like torque yes your torque goes through the roof you are priming your body for a heavy lift yeah so but i've never tried the sled that's not that's i'll have to do that the next time we're inside there kenneth coy is asking how to incorporate lifting with brazilian jiu-jitsu i wonder who picked this one yeah, I don't have a background. In Go ahead, that, defer so. this one. <laughs> well, I, I, unless we talk in general, right? Yeah, you could uh, uh, you could uh, wear athletic. your wear your robe while you do squats. Whoa, you robe. Could, Did you just call it a robe? It is a robe. No, no, you might as well call it pajamas. It's called a gi. <laughs> All right, bro. Yeah. I almost had to fight you. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the weird eyes. How dare you call it? Yeah, you can wear your smoking jacket while you're. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Uh, so they're coming after. No, you. I think this is a good question because I think we uh, we should talk about how to incorporate lifting with any type of athletic training. So there's really two general categories of uh, the way you should lift weights if you're an athlete. Uh, category one is how you lift in the off season. And then category two is how you lift in season. And they both have different intents. Mm -hmm. When I'm lifting off season, my goal is to improve my strength performance. I'm trying to actively get stronger in, you know, core lifts. I'm trying to make my body more muscular, Mm -hmm. uh, more solid with better tension. My goal is to improve when I'm lifting in season. My goal is now to prevent injury and yep. to maintain. I am not... And to just sharpen and fine-tune your skill on that's the it. field. That's it. Because if I lift weights while I'm in season to uh, improve, and my goal is to improve in the gym while I'm in season, in football season, or let's say I'm competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I'm training for competition, uh, you are asking for injury mm-hmm. and burnout. It's not a good idea. So as an example, like uh, give us... Maybe like a move that you would work on in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then how you would work on that specific skill maybe in the weight room or something. Well, if we're talking about specifically to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu... Um, yeah, like a throw. Okay, like, a, like a major hip throw. What would you do in the gym well, to so, prove that? So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu doesn't include throws, but it's not nearly as explosive. That's more judo, right? Yeah, yeah. it's ne- nearly as explosive as judo. Oh, so, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the rules are uh, you get points for a takedown. Um, you get points for particular positions like passing the guard um, and for things like neon belly or the mount or taking the what's what they call the rear mount. 
you get points for all those, and the highest points go to taking the back or for a front mount. But you don't win. You can't win a competition besides having the higher points at the end of the competition when time runs out. But you can't win instantly win a competition in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu unless they tap out. That's how you win. Uh, you know, right? It doesn't matter if you have 30 seconds or whatever. You get them to tap out. You win the match. That's the only way to fully win a competition. Mm. Whereas with judo, uh, you can win with a tap out. Um, you can win with a 30 second pin. Uh, or you can win with a what they call an ipon, which is a full throw, and that's how a majority of the matches in judo are won. Um, or, or how you really want to win is by doing a full, complete, you know, throw where the person lands on their back in a particular way. So judo is much more explosive in that sense, and they they limit your your ground game. You hit the ground, and it's very limited. They'll go call you back up after a certain amount of seconds of not like super active activity. Like you can't just. Like like try to work like with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. There's a lot. It's a lot slower. A lot of groundwork going on there. It's all they'll, they'll leave you down there the whole time. In fact, uh, when I used to com- when I competed, Start I, I've competed there, about four or five times. And when people figured out that I did judo, which they could tell after my first match, that everybody watching be like, okay, he did judo. The guys would just jump guard or they would sit down on their butt. Uh, mm. And so I couldn't get points from a throw, and I'd have to engage them on the ground. That's perfectly legal in Jiu Jitsu. In judo, if you do that shit, they'll they'll mm. you're, you're out because you have to actively try to throw each other. Um, so the type of conditioning in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a little different. It's not as explosive as Judo. Judo fighters are very explosive. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like more like a, like a wrestler. Um, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is lots of tension, lots of tightness, lots mm. of holding a position, lots of strength endurance in those positions. Sounds a lot like isometrics. Lots of isometrics. Like a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy gets you in a lock or a hold. Um, they can place a squeeze on you that you would you cannot fucking believe. Like hmm. if they get you in a triangle choke, or they close their guard on you, or they put you in a position and they want to squeeze you, um, it's like a bow constrictor. It will get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, uh, and so you want to be able to with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you want to incorporate isometric uh, movements in your lifts, and they're fantastic to superset with heavy lifts. Um, all the heavy traditional barbell movements, great carryover into whatever. So I don't care what sport you do. So get good at deadlifting, get good at squatting, get good at overhead press and barbell, you know, bench press and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, let's say I do, um, let's say I'm doing a back movement um, and I do a heavy barbell press, uh, excuse me, uh, row. Right after that, I might jump up to a pull up bar, pull myself up, and then hold myself there for time mm. and just stay really fucking tight. Or do a pull up with uh with my gi so i'll hang the gi over the bar and pull myself up with the grips because your grip is extremely important so you're basically holding a position and you're just trying to really uh get comfortable yeah get comfortable uh uh, get leverage get as much recruitment as you possibly can centered in that one area uh or that one movement pattern that you're really trying to and the key here the thing that i the mistake i see people making when they're doing this kind of training is that they they do it to fatigue. So they'll hold themselves to fatigue, which will reduce your strength. Right. So you want to treat it like your regular lifting. You want to get up there, hold, get real fucking tight, and let's say let's say you can max hold yourself at the bar for a minute. Yeah. Well, then you're doing sets of 30 or 40 right. seconds, and that's about it. But if you're in season, if you're in competition, train light, aim for full range of motion just to get the muscles to move and feel good. If you're off season, then 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 lift for strength, lift for improvement. Um, and and here's the other thing: you're not going to lift as much uh, as or as often as someone who just lifts. 
So if I'm doing jujitsu three, four days a week, then two days a week of lifting is plenty. Yeah. If I'm not doing Brazilian jujitsu, then I can yeah, lift you much don't more. Overload your your CNS. No, it's just too much. Juan Martinez nine nine six six is wanting to know how to talk to women. Justin. Oh, yeah, I'll take this one, guys. <laughs> I'm the married guy, but still have ideas. <laughs> uh, I can pick you up, girl. This one, all, this was a big one on the forum just recently. Yeah, I think it was the same guy. I posted this, and a shit ton of people. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah it might have been. It's Juan. Yeah, it's Wait, Juan. It's my boy Juan. Was he right. the, I wasn't sure if he was the one who started it or not. I know mm-hmm. that it was a. It was quite the thread. You know what this reminds me of? So I don't Be talking yourself. talking to women. Is uh, or just talking to anybody is effective communication, aka sales skills. Um, And I hate to say sales because people listening are like, oh, you're selling someone something they don't want. No, 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 no. Mm. A good salesman believes in what they're selling. So you're you're, presenting yourself. So, I mean, you can't deny that. It is. And what's the big, here's the biggest risk or the biggest problem with talking to anybody, whether you're talking to a woman because you want to. Maybe get a date, or you're talking Slip to, it in, or you, you know or you're talking to somebody because you want to talk to them about your product, Sorry, that's or whatever. People are so afraid of rejection that that's what fucking fucks them up the whole time. That's yeah. what they freeze. They're hung, they're hung up on that. If you get over that, if you get over the fear of rejection, your your game, quote unquote game, will improve dramatically. Whether it's sales or whether it's just trying to talk to talk to a woman. If you go up to a woman. And you're okay with her saying no mm-hmm. or her rejecting you. I promise you, your game will be much better. So, step number one: get over it. Get over the fact that that person may not be interested in you. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't mean you're not attractive. It doesn't mean that you're not whatever. It just means that person yeah. is not interested in you. Big fucking deal. And you just you want to make sure you're you're presenting yourself and putting yourself out there, uh, and it's authentic. You know, like I feel like comfort, confidence. Well, it's a lot of a lot of it. I mean, you could pretty much see what's artificial and what's real, like pretty quickly. We're we're very good at identifying like foreign, like something is off with this person. You know, (laughs) like whatever it is, if it's an, you know, like if it's women when they put like too much makeup on or, you know, there's just too much, too much stuff that they're they're hiding. You know, like I just I feel like that's going to become a problem later on if maybe maybe you put like the skills on you wooed them into your your trap or whatever it is like but it it has to get real at some point you know so it just depends on what you're trying to attract yeah and think about like if you're walking up to a woman and you're okay with being rejected your confidence level goes up quite a bit it's all and you ask any woman uh what is one of the most attractive things about a man and it's confidence. Well, it's the same with women. I'm attracted to confident women. Of course. But I'm, I mean, this he's, he's talking about talking to women. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. If you're not afraid of that, you're probably going to be a lot more confident. And a great way to open any conversation, and again, I'm speaking from sales now, but I, I think this would apply here too, is to ask a question. Asking a question is an easy way mm. to open a conversation. Like, go up and ask her about her shoes. Ask her about the music. Ask her about what she's reading uh, mm-hmm. Ask her about anything. Why she's the hottest one in her f- group of friends. Right. Oh, yeah. Why are all your friends like, so ugly? How did that happen? That might not work. <laughs> 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 that might not work. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he's saying it in a really nice way. Yeah. You know, like, how I does use it, that one a lot. How does it feel being the second yeah. best looking person uh, among your group of friends? Uh, well, oh my God, how'd you get these cows? Okay, so you, you you laugh, but there 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 is some truth. To, there's some truth to that. Um, you know, as a kid, I was uh, the, I was the skinny, poor kid with crooked teeth, and I was not um, hung like a horse. 
<laughs> took a while to grow. I, I'm sorry, bro. You were talking, so much, you were talking was, so much shit about yourself. I had to pump it up. They, I know. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Which they didn't do me any good when I was a kid because I was I wasn't having sex as a kid, so I didn't I didn't I didn't lose my virginity until I was 20. So, mm. um, but I still had girls and girlfriends uh, at a you young held age. Onto a secret weapon. Well. <laughs> I had to I had to find uh, my identity and and uh, early on because uh, I was not I'd, like I didn't have the money I didn't have the looks I wasn't the star quarterback so for me uh, my sense of humor is what probably carried a lot of my conversation with with women and I was not afraid to be rejected in fact I think I embraced that I think at the very beginning of like talking to women I think I would try and say the most off the wall shit in hopes they would reject me mm-hmm. and then how would I handle that yeah. you know like I'm gonna say something so off the wall she's definitely gonna say no but then I'm gonna say something funny right after that to keep the conversation going and I would practice that example so an example would be like I would walk up to a girl I've never spoke to and I would go directly right for the clothes like um, is Friday or Saturday better for you yeah. And they would look That's at you. Close. Yeah. Just totally like, huh? What are you talking about? Is it better for me to pick you up on Friday or Saturday? Mm-hmm. And they'd be, uh, uh, and if they said something like totally rude and mean, like, uh, no, I wouldn't do that with it. And then I'd, why not? Why yeah. would, why wouldn't you go out with me on Friday? Am I too ugly for you? Yeah. I'm not funny enough yeah. for you. Yeah. You like taller, you like blast. shorter, you like blondes. What do you, you know, like, so I would not be afraid of her saying no and rejecting me. In fact, I would continue to put the pressure back on her by asking funny questions and I wouldn't do it in a pressuring way. I would do it in a funny, funny way. Like we're making fun of me. Yeah. So I, it, I was okay with that early. I was okay with no getting told no and, and, you know, being made fun of. And you just can't, you can't allow that fear. And I think Sal said that really well of, you know, I think most guys get hung up on that. So worried about what she's going to, who gives a fuck what she's going to say. Yeah. I'll never forget working with a guy one time. too much value in that. Yeah. He, he, he response. I'll never forget. We were in our early twenties and I used to tease him because he literally fucking talked to every woman in the gym, every single one of them. I'm like, dude. Who do you not hit on? He's like, bro, it's a numbers game. <laughs> you know? yeah. He's like, if I talk to 10 women, one of them is bound to say yes to me. And sometimes I get lucky and it's the dime piece. And sometimes it's not so much, but <laughs> it's all good practice. You know, so it's, <laughs> He really had that man. Tell, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, a part of me was like, you know, there's so it's true, though. You know, you can't we get so and for guys. Here's a good question. It's like, hey, do you listen to Mind Pump? Yeah. Boom. Uh, that is um, yeah. any, any would that work? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Any any <laughs> the new pickup line. Any any opening question, but I like to downloads be, are getting about to increase, gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, like uh, it, it it depends too. Like uh, this the oh, scene like a metaphor. The the scenery and what you're what you're in, where you're at, what's going on. Are you in a bar? Are you in a gym? Are you, you know? I, I think uh, that would des- decide what I would say to that that girl at that moment. But right. most certainly, uh, I love coming with. Off the wall, off color type questions that right away, you know what that does? It shifts the uncomfortable, awkward side from you to that person. Yeah. You got this beautiful girl that you're looking at that you're all nervous inside that you want to go talk to. And you're just like, fuck, she's so hot. I don't yeah. know if she would like me. This and that. Fuck that. I'm going to make her nervous. I'm not going to be I'm going to be honest. I used to like literally like plan like tripping right in front of them or spilling something on si- on, on myself. I shit you guys you not, and it would work like a jam. So you'd want- I'd be all like, I'd be like walking by with my drinks, and I'd be like, ah. and just like this shit would spill all over me. And she, oh my god, and she'd like try and help me, like, oh my god, thank you, God, I'm such a klutz, you know. It's such a random fucking. Wait a minute. Wait oh my god, it fucking bro. That's works. some fucking brilliance, for right you there. guys. You think I have no game, dude? Like it, it like. That's 
some fucking brilliance. It works. Wow. <laughs> but you have to have the right kind of personality where you can make fun of yourself and do But see, what does that shit. display? Yeah. What does that display that you're okay making fun of yourself? Yeah. yeah. Confidence. Well, it makes them feel comfortable too. It, it humanizes yeah. you, right? Yeah. It totally humanizes you. But it makes you confident. Like, you have to be confident to be able to make fun of yourself. Yep. I think where guys go wrong the most, though, is when they, they try and spit a line. They try and have a line that they say or they, they make it up bigger than what it is. I mean, just fucking say hi. Just walk over and say hi to someone. Yeah, or, I think yeah. I think it's just I mean, don't be afraid of them yeah. not liking you. And the more comfortable you get with that, the more comfortable you with what you'll say. You know, as you get real, like now I'm so comfortable. If I see, if I were to see a beautiful woman, I would just tell her, "You're absolutely beautiful." Yeah. You know, has someone told you that today? You know, someone should have told you that today. <laughs> if not, they're all pussies. <laughs> yeah. You know, has like, someone told you you're beautiful today? Yeah. Why? Yes, they have. Yeah. Well, they're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you just can't. You can't be afraid to to, to come up and say anything. I think. Uh, I think where people get caught up is trying to put all the words together. Like, yeah, it's like some formula. Like they're trying to memorize what that that one guy with the magician hat told him to say. Yeah, you know, you know I would. Do, oh, I, got, oh, I hate that. Stuff. I would, but I would, it fucking work. Remember the videos? It they does have work it? because it. Well, it, I don't know. It. it what it's was definitely name? like psychology. They're they're playing off of. With what was women. his name? He had like a fucking weird name, mystical or something. Yeah, it was yeah, some yeah, stupid. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah, he had eyeliner and fucking. I used to do stuff too, stupid. where I'd, I'd walk up to the girl and say that your your girlfriend had just came up and said you wanted to ask me something. You know, once uh, again putting uh, yeah. it, putting putting her on the spot would be like, oh no, what? I mean, what? those work because you know, yeah. Oh my god, it's like you have to talk. Yeah, you have to talk, and then you, and then when she goes, uh, no, I didn't say that, like. Yeah. Oh well, this feels so like hi. This feels totally uncomfortable now. This yeah. whole time, I thought you were checking me out, and I looked over at you. I thought, God, you're beautiful. But I want to come over and say hi to you. And then I find out it was your friend was just messing with me. That's fucked up. By yeah. the way, what's your name? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's it's just getting your foot in the door and being having that confidence. That who gives a fuck if someone says no to me or whatever? Being able to zero roll fucks. There it is. Yeah, no, that's where that a lot of that comes from. So you just get away from being afraid of re- embrace rejection. As a man, we should be used to it by now. I actually feel more. That's true. I feel more for women. Like Dude. I remember, like teaching like uh, female trainers like sales and closing. They're harder to teach because they're not used to they're rejection. They're not used to people saying yeah. no. To yeah, them. they're not used to people saying no. So teaching those those girls. Like, oh, we'll really make this work. Yeah, Let's do this. Yeah, like, girl, we don't get that kind of. Yeah, uh, uh, guys, I feel like cheerleading. Man, well, not only that, but the man, Okay, think of it this way: you're a, you're a relatively pretty woman. Woman. Fuck, you're not a pretty woman. You're at a bar. Uh, chances are, just sitting there, some dude's going to come talk to you. You might not like him or not, but do you know how rare that is to happen to a guy where he's yeah. at a bar and a girl yeah. just approaches him? It's so rare, in fact, that I guarantee you the men listening <laughs> right now can remember every single time that's happened to them because yeah. it hasn't happened very many times. Right. Yeah. So... Fuck you. So yeah. I would do weird and shit. You know what though? You say something like that. I would do funny shit too. If a group of girls, I'd be by myself at the bar like that. I would go walk over right in the center of the room. I'd bend over like right in front of them and like, and then look back at her. Like, so. are you checking my ass out right now? Yeah. yeah would, You're on my level. Bro, dude. I do crazy shit. Yeah. Like, I, I do crazy stuff And too. to me, none of it's scripted. None of it's, I've never, I don't plan no, any of it. It's, it is. It's spontaneous. Yeah. It's what, it, that scenario that I'm in right then and there, like she's got five friends. I'm by myself. Like it, yeah. all the pressure should be on me and I should be nervous, but now nah, I'm going to go over there act a fool yeah. i'm gonna go over there and act a fool in front of all of them and the chicks love that they love they, they eat that up that you're you're okay with that that you're okay with making fun of yourself mm-hmm. don't the guy who acts like it fucking thinks he's cool mm-hmm. and walks over all suave and has some like that guy is that guy is the guy that all the girls make fun of mm-hmm. the guy who's kind of goofy and shy and, this and, that, that, and, and as long he as get he get away with everything he, <laughs> yeah right adam not not always, not always bro <laughs> actually believe it or not when you have when you have i've had more i had hard time getting older when i got in shape i got braces fixed my teeth put a little bit of money in my pocket 
have a harder time talking to women th- then than I did back or th- now than I did back then. And that's because I get judged. Like I, I literally, I know, I know what that feels like where someone just immediately assumes that I'm an asshole or arrogant or feel that way. It's like, I have to break that can, wall down. I can see that. Thank you. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid, when I was, when I had fucked up crooked, crooked teeth, I was broke. Well, like, maybe we should know, fuck super, your face. Super, maybe we should fuck your face up a little bit. <laughs> Like, get out of here. Knock out a couple teeth. You had to work on your personality. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If we like it and we pick it among the best ones, we will send you a free limited edition Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, check us out on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Justin at Mind Pump Justin, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and also check our, our programs at mindpumpmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.